So I'm going to do a little series the next couple of weeks called, Who Told You That? Everybody's believing somebody in this room. Everybody watching online. You are believing something you heard, something you're listening to. You're believing what the enemy says, what your flesh says, what your best friend said, or else you're believing what God said. Jesus said, preach the good news. That's the gospel. Uh, the gospel was never a religious term. It, in, in the biblical days, it, it meant simply good news. Hey, gas today is 50 cents a gallon. That's good news. So it wasn't religious. It was just good news. So remember, good news is a choice you make. You can choose to believe God's report and have peace. Philippians 4, verse 6 through 9. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, Paul says, and the God of peace shall be with you, which tells me if you don't do that, then the peace of God won't be with you, and you're going to have dis-ease. See, if you're not at ease today, you're in anxiety. You're in stress. You have dis-ease. How many know there are a lot more diseases than cancer, diabetes, or COVID-19? And one of the greatest diseases is lack of peace. It's lack of peace in the hearts and minds of people today. Wow. There are people looking for peace through drugs, suicide, alcohol, trying to quiet the voices they hear in their mind and the confusion that kind of binds them up in their mind. It's dis-ease. And one of the chief reasons there's so much dis-ease is that people are believing what the flesh says, what the media says, what the enemy says. The devil doesn't come to you in a red suit with a tail and pitchfork. He, listen, let me say this. You remember when Peter said to Jesus, you're not going to the cross. That, may that not, and here's what Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Now, Satan can speak through your best friend. He can speak through a believer who isn't in tune with God's word. It happens all the time. So you got to be careful who you are listening to. He comes in many forms. Scripture says he transforms himself into an angel of light. Paul wrote that if an angel comes to you and preaches any other gospel, what is the gospel? Good news, good report. He said, if any angel comes, I don't care what his wingspan is, how tall he is, if he's telling you anything but good news, that Jesus saves, heals, delivers, restores, sets free, and forgives, let him be cursed. Now, that's from an apostle, St. Paul. If he's not bringing a good report, if he's not bringing you the peace of God, then he's not bringing the report of the Lord. And if you're believing the enemy's report, you're in dis-ease today. You dread tomorrow. You're dreading going to work. What's going to happen? Go into the mailbox. You're not listening to the report of the Lord. See, regardless of what's going on around me in the natural, there's another realm, if you're a believer, called the supernatural. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I have been born again as supernatural beings. You're a new creation, a species that's never existed on planet Earth before. 
You're gathered around a supernatural name, clothed in supernatural power, with somebody who does supernatural things. And it occurred to me when I was mm, 30 years ago, there ought to be occasionally something supernatural happening in my life. If you don't get that, I don't get it. I can't imagine it. Just live naturally. Now, I expect God to do some supernatural things occasionally throughout my lifetime. You should too. See, the natural man gets worse and worse, but the new man gets better. Circumstances can come that are negative, but they're not to control me. If I hear the report of the Lord, I'm supposed to control circumstances. Supernatural should just be a way of life for a Christian, for a believer. But people all around you will give conflicting reports. You're going under. You won't succeed. You'll never back up and get up from this. Uh, business isn't going to come back. I don't even know if my business is going to make it. You're going to fail. You're not going to have a job. You're pregnant. you got a, you got a kid. You're not married. Uh, nobody's going to hire you. I could go on and on and on, and it never stops. But I have to ask you, who's telling you that? Who told you that? See, God didn't tell you that. You read the Bible, and he takes a lot of nasty people and does some incredible things. And if you read the genealogy, the family listing of Jesus, it's got nasty people in it. And if you're a believer this morning, you're in that genealogy too. Yeah, we ought to call it Nasty People Christian Fellowship. <laughs> Isn't it the truth? Well, sure it is. But somehow you believe, well, I, don't, I didn't graduate from college or well, I didn't even finish high school and I got married awful young and I don't guess this will ever happen. I'll never have that. Here, you, you, I want to take a dirty sock and stuff it in your mouth and say, you are not reading the Bible. You are not listening to God's about you. We will believe the report of the Lord. Psalms 91. You ought to read that whole Psalms maybe once a day. This is where I want to live. I can only have time for maybe a couple of verses. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my strength, my God, in whom I trust. Surely He will deliver me from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence, including COVID-19. He will cover me with His feathers. Under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Now, the life described here isn't possible if I don't live a surrendered life to the will and word of God. If I just listen to my brain, my flesh, my friends, the media, my ability, that'll never happen for me. So Jesus said, hey, Ricky, take heed what you hear. Well, you, ought to, you know, if your husband comes and says something, your wife, your neighbor, who told you that? Check the source. Uh, we, Henry, Henry King and I were looking at this, this piece of technology the, uh, a couple of days ago that was online about this kind of a bubble wheel that's a, a car. It had VW on it, and it, it, it hovered above the ground and went everywhere, and it, it was cute. It really was. It wasn't practical, but it was cute. Well, it didn't take but about 10 minutes of posting that from some, some website to find out it was a faked video. You can make anything look so real yeah. on social media. Yeah. And I'm just saying, it sure looked real to me. Yeah. But it wasn't. And then they gave me the facts of where it was and how it had been faked. You can fake everything today. So be careful yeah. what you hear. Yeah. Mark Twain said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read the paper, you're misinformed. <laughs> Take your pick. Daniel 11, verse 32. Hey, I like this crowd. 
It may be a COVID crowd, kind of smaller, but I like you. Uh, yeah. Daniel 11, verse 32. <laughs> You're helping me. Those people that know their God shall do great exploits, not get by. Great exploits, supernatural manifestations, things that shake up nations, that shake up people, that shake up your world. Jesus said in John 10, verse 27, my sheep know my voice and follow me. A stranger or somebody else's voice, they will not follow. See, if I know the voice of God because I know the word of God, I'm not going to follow the voice of the enemy. If I know the voice of God, I'm not going to follow my flesh. It's talking to me all the time. Your flesh is never going to tell you to abstain. It's going to tell you to indulge. It's not going to tell you to be moderate. It's going to tell you to excess in everything you do. And you'll live a frustrated, defeated, depressed, discouraged life day in and day out. My flesh is never agreeing with God. Well, don't look at me. Yours isn't either. So Jesus said, my sheep, not my goats, it's the goats that always but. Every time God speaks through his word or through leadership, goats will always manifest. And later in their words, but, but, but. That's the goat nature. Well, I know but. Well, I, I know but. Well, but. It's like you got to get your butt out of the way. Yeah. See? But, but sheep that know the voice of their shepherd will follow him. I've been in New Zealand, Australia many times and on farms. I tried to call sheep. They didn't even look up. They just kept grazing. But the owner can say anything. Those sheep, the heads come up, and they'll go right over towards the gate towards the owner. Who, by the way, I'll bet mama's in here. Maybe you're past having little children. But I guarantee you, if you were in a room at a friend's house and there were several kids, you'd know the voice of your child. You could hear them. If they holler crying or something, you say, no, that's Becky. That's, that's, that's little Caleb or somebody, right? Sure, you know that voice. That's right. Daddies never wake up. We never wake up, you know. We don't even recognize the voice of our wife. <laughs> so who are you going to believe? Just because what God is telling you looks impossible in the natural, don't say it's impossible. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Let's prove it with God's Word. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched harm. Nothing is too hard for you. God says, come on, challenge me with something hard. In Numbers 13, Israel sent out 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel, to go over the Jordan River into the promised land. Now, why do they call it the promised land? Well, because God promised it to them before they ever got in. Now, if God promises you something, are you going to believe him? Then why don't we act like it if he makes a promise to me? In Genesis 12, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's house, into the land I will show you. I'll make there for you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And all people of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, what land did Israel send the 12 spies into? The land of Canaan, the, the promised land. Genesis 13, verse 12. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among cities in the plain and pitched his tents towards Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked people and sinned greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had departed from him, Look around, old buddy, from where you are, 
to the north, south, east, and west. All the land you can see, I'll give it to you. And to your children forever. I will make your offspring, that's your children, like the dust of the earth, so that if anybody could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Walk through the length and breadth of the land. I'm giving it to you. Wow, what a promise. Lift up your eyes, all the land you see, I'll give it to you. If you can't see it, you can't have it. Well, I couldn't see myself having that. I couldn't see myself owning that. I could. Why can't you see it? Because you've been beaten down and you believe a lie that you're not worthy, that, that you could never become enough to have enough to change your life or your circumstances. I remember a yellow puke, yellow Volkswagen Beetle with 200,000 miles on it, no air conditioning in it at that time. And I remember driving that up to a new Cadillac dealership. This is back in the 60s. And I'd sit in the seat and smell that leather. And I didn't say, this is too good for me. I said, shoot, this ought to be for me. I'm as good as anybody else driving it. God didn't make a Cadillac or a Mercedes for a drug dealer or some drug-infested celebrity. It's just a, it's just a means of, of transportation. Some of you need to knock it off. I drive through neighborhoods. I lived in a little mobile home all by myself, roaches big as skateboards, and I'd think, well, I like the design of his fence. I like the design of his yard. What am I doing? I'm dreaming. I'm getting a vision of what I see. I didn't ever think for one moment my life would be stuck in a puke yellow Volkswagen bug with 200,000 miles on it and a 40-foot mobile home with roaches in it. I never thought, ah, this is my life. No, I thought this is where I am. That's not where I'm going to end up. I'm serious. Some of you need to just slap you like a men in aftershave or something. That's that dollar a gallon stuff my dad used. I dated a girl one time. When she got in the car, she said, you smell just like my daddy. I thought, we're going to have a lousy night. (laughs) Am I the only one that tells the truth? I I don't know. That really did happen. I never wore that again, by the way, ever, ever. You couldn't give it to me. Genesis 15, verse 18. On the day the Lord made covenant with Abram and said to your children, your descendants, I'll give this land from the great river uh, Euphrates, uh, the land of the Kenites, the Kinzanites, the Catanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, the Jebusites, the Megabites, the Mosquitoites. Dear God, what names? What names? So he gives them the boundaries of the land he's given them. That's the promised land. Now, Genesis 17, verse 8. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your children after you, and I will be their God. Right? So this is where Israel is in Numbers 13. They're in that land. Verse 1, Numbers 13. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Now, why send spies? Well, because they didn't trust God's promise. They weren't listening to God's report. He had told them, and I've read it over and over. I'm giving it to you. It's yours. If God gives you something, you don't have to inspect it. If God promises you something, you can take it to the bank. If he says you're going to have a baby, it doesn't matter if you're 100 years old. You better fix up the nursery. You're going to have a kid. And that's what happened to Abraham and Sarah, right? 
Why do you think that? Well, Paul wrote in the New Testament book of Corinthians that what happened in the Old Testament was written for our admonition and our instruction. Yeah. It's to give you hope. Yeah. If he did it then, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So after 40 days, oh, I love you. Come on. So after 40 days of spying out the land, they came back. 40 is the number of testing and trial in Scripture. Now, what were they doing? They were testing God to see if what God said was true. They obviously were believing somebody else's report. God had told them that it was a prosperous land full of milk and honey, and the spies came back with proof that it was true. They had a cluster of grapes so big they had two men to carry them on a pole between them. When did you see grapes that big at H-E-B? Ever. And the spies told Moses, yep, truly, it's a prosperous land. But there are obstacles there. Anytime God gives you a promise, you're going to have an obstacle. The enemy's going to go online to stop you, to attack you. And if you don't, if you stand on his word, it, you will prevail. But if you turn back, God can't help you. The enemy will test you and come right at you in anything. That's, I mean, Abraham's called the father of our faith. What did God challenge him in? Faith. After, after his wife's 90 years old, look like 40 miles of bad road, and he's 100. How would you like to crawl into tent with that? Okay, I'm just saying, you're going to have a kid. No wonder they laughed. But did God do it? Okay, so what's, what's your problem? If God can make a 90-year-old woman have a baby and look so good that Abimelech wanted her for a harem, what is your problem? Your hair color's wrong or something. I mean, come on. Get a bigger view of what God can do. It doesn't matter if obstacles come in the way of God's promises. God will give you power and ability to overcome those obstacles. But you trust in his word. Uh, quick story, 2 Kings chapter 4. Remember the woman that was married to an old man, but she was childless? And Elijah prayed for her to have a kid? And he told the woman that within a year you would conceive. It was God's promise to her. And she had she had this kid. The boy grew and became a toddler, and he died. Well, wait a minute, Rick. It was a promise of God, but he died. Yeah, and the woman went right back to the man of God carrying her dead son. And as she approached the man of God, she was asked by Elijah, how is it with you? Or what report do you bring? Now, she could have called God a liar. She could have said, I knew it was too good to be true. My husband's so old, I'll never have another kid. But she said, it is well with me. Why? Because she hadn't stopped believing God's promise. She had every reason in the natural not to believe, right? Then he said, is it well with your husband? She said, yeah, he's still old, but it's well. <laughs> then he asked her the $64,000 question. Is it well with your son? Uh, let us not forget, he's dead. She said, it's well. Now that's when you got to mix faith with your confession real quick. And by the way, the prophet raised that boy back up to life again. If God gave you a promise it may look dead, God will resurrect it. I promise you, it will happen if he says it will happen. Can she see, you can see she wasn't going to give a bad report. She would not allow circumstances to turn her away from the arena of faith to the arena of fear. If you're not operating in an arena of faith this morning, you're operating in the arena of fear. And let me tell you, it's big in this country right now. And you'll get beaten every time. So in Numbers 13, it says the spies admit what God said was true. But verse 28, they said, nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land. Most of them have PhDs. Some of them have master's degrees. The cities are walled and are very great. 
And we saw the children of the giants there. And when they saw the giants, they stepped out of the arena of faith into the arena of fear. They were judging by the size of walls and giants, looking at the problem strictly in the natural and figured it would be impossible for God to come through in this terrible situation. Some of you in here and watching online today are probably in a situation where you're going to have to make a declaration of faith or a declaration of fear. And it will depend on who are you listening to. God's report transcends and supersedes the natural. Verse 29, Caleb gave a good report. We're well able. Let's go up at once and take the land. They're bred for us. Verse 31, the other 10 spies says, we be not able. Amazing. These people have the evidence of God's promise in their hand, and they still declare, we can't do it. Verse 32, why? We're just grasshoppers in their sight. See, a bad report. Some of you can't overcome that grasshopper mentality. You see yourself as nothing. I don't know who beat you down, but you're believing a lie. You've been told this, or you believe this, for so many years. That's what you expect. Who told you that? You live by the 11th commandment. Blessed is he who expects nothing. He shall not be disappointed. <laughs> My goodness. Don't, see, don't expect God to supernaturally intervene in your life. So you get up in the morning with a bad attitude. You don't look at the new day as an opportunity for victory or turnaround. You see it as though you've already lost. See, it shouldn't be that way. That's not God's report. It takes the renewing of your mind by God's word to see yourself the way God sees you and begin to live in that. And I was a Christian in church. It was, we didn't learn anything but how to go to heaven. We'd sing songs like, Beulah land and build me a cabin in glory and I'll fly away. We had no songs of victory. We had no identity that we were more than conquerors, that we had authority to bind and loose, to rebuke the enemy, to stand against his lie and reverse the situation. I was never taught that. I could have been bad to the bone if I'd have been taught that young. But it wasn't. It was always about we're leaving, we're leaving. We're still here. You got two choices. You can fight or you can fly one or the other. I suggest you better learn how to fight, to fight. You have an adversary. He has one mission, steal, kill, and destroy anything in you that's hopeful, that has potential, that God has planned for you. I want to kill it, steal it from you. And that is a terrible place to be. But when I discovered later in life, who I was, what authority I had. We, Cindy and I would get up every day and start claiming that. And circumstances started turning around. If I walk in a hospital room, I don't walk in there, oh, oh dear Lord, this looks really bad. I walk in there, delegated authority, like, like, a, like a sheriff come to town to take the bad guys out. That's, that's exactly what we do. I've got authority. I know who I am. And I have authority to be here, and I'm not intimidated by your diagnosis. Yeah. Are we going to pray? Who do you want somebody to pray for you? Lord, I just pray you'll, you'll be with Bill as he dies. <laughs> we'll put him on the prayer list. That means he can die privately. We won't bother with him. Nobody came to pray for me with any authority or pray. I never heard anybody on our staff pray for anybody and rebuke the enemy. I never heard that. Bible says resist the devil. We, 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 we came on, our, my church came under this, we wrestle not. 
<laughs> we didn't wrestle anything. We just submitted to the enemy's uh, treachery and, and were good losers. So how you see yourself will determine how others see you and how the enemy sees you. If he sees you in the image of Christ, he wouldn't want to mess with you. The enemy doesn't want to mess with Jesus. Paul says, uh, the demon said to Paul, said, I know Jesus and Paul we know, but who are you? They know when you know who you are and they know when you don't know who you are. You can't fake them out. So 10 spies were negative, two spies were positive. Then Numbers 14, verse 1, that night all the members of the community of Israel raised their voices and cried out loud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said, if only we had died in Egypt or out in the wilderness when we were there. Talk about victory. It wasn't there. Verse 3, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should be a prey? Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Why don't we go back to choir robes and hymn 159, first, second, third verse. Let us stand, let us sing. Why, why don't we bring out the Hammond three organ? Why, why don't we go back, go back, go back? Yeah. You know, we've got fullbacks, halfbacks, running backs, quarterbacks, and in church we have drawbacks. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go back. They want to go back. Go back to Egypt, back to the world. When you make a commitment for God and surrender, you're put on Satan's hit list immediately to discourage you. It's like sudden infant death syndrome. I want to stop you before you learn really who you are and what you can do. I want to stop you quickly. And we're somewhat the same. When everything begins to go wrong, we want to go back to Egypt. Can you hear this negative report of unbelief? God brought us out here to die in the wilderness with our children. What about the scriptures as my plans for you are good, not evil, to give you a hope and a future? See, it's a complete confession of defeat. It is a lousy, lying report. If the enemy's talking to you, he's lying. Jesus said he's a liar and the father of all lies. Israel spoke their fate into existence. And listen, some of you are speaking your fate into existence. You better take heed what you're listening to and what you are saying. Now look at this next one, chapter 14, verse 4. And the people said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly. Joshua and Caleb, they gave the good report. They had explored the land, tore their clothes. And then verse 7, and said to the entire assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it all to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection, they don't know it, their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. They're bread for us. We're going to eat them alive. Their protection is departed. Don't be afraid. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, you'd think, you would think, after 40 years of miracles, after seeing all the signs and wonders, they'd be willing to charge hell with a squirt gun. But here's what they said, chapter 14, verse 10. But the whole assembly talked about stoning Moses and Joshua. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tabernacle of Moses. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me and my word in spite of all the miracles I performed among them? See, when you reject the word of the Lord, you reject God because God and his word are one. They're synonymous. Verse 12, God said, I will strike them down with a plague and just probably COVID-19. 
And I'll make you, Moses, a nation greater and stronger than they. But Moses said to the Lord, look, Lord, then the Egyptians are going to hear about it. Not going to think too good of you. By your power, you brought these people up from among them. Verse 19, in accordance with your great love, please forgive the sin of these people, just as you have pardoned them from time to time through Egypt till now. The Lord says, okay, Moses, I've forgiven them, just like you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, what ten times? Ten spies. Verse 23, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. See, since they refuse God's word, God simply says, okay, you won't come into the promised land. Now, now, now listen, this is not going to heaven. The promised land is not heaven. They've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Their sins have been paid for by a substitute sacrifice. But they're not going to get the covenant blessings of God because they rejected his word and rebelled against it. And you can go to heaven, but you will have hell on earth. You will not see what God's potential is for your life as long as you disobey him willingly and as you reject his word. God says, you're not going to see the land. Now look at verse 23. Not one of them will ever see the land I promised to their ancestors. No one has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Verse 24, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and followed me wholeheartedly, I'll bring him into the land and his children will inherit it. That means any good thing I can accomplish with the Lord, God passes that on to my children and to my children's children. What are you passing on to your children? Caleb has a good report and he has a different spirit. He's got a spirit of faith, not a spirit of fear. For 40 years, God permitted Israel to wander in the desert until the unbelieving generation died. That's a hundred funerals a day because everybody under 20 years of age was spared. Everybody from 20 up was going to die before they could go into the land. The children and Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that survived. And Caleb finally takes possession of his land at 85 years of age. He wasn't looking for a rocking chair or a retirement condo. He said to Joshua, give me that mountain. I'm as strong this day as it was when I got in the wrong church. Give me that mountain. And he took it. 85. As I get older, I like that. Some of the best things may not happen for a while yet. I know you're looking for AARP and Social Security and a back porch and a rocking chair. God bless you while you rot. God bless you. You're a dead. You've got no dream for something better. You're already dead. They just need to go ahead and buy you a casket over tips and get you a plot. Just visit it daily over there to see where you're going to be. So they're going to all die. Every day, thump, 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 thump. What's that? Bodies dropping. A hundred funerals a day for 40 years. Oh, that's living, isn't it? <laughs> that's, how, that's how sure God's promises are to be faithful. Verse 26, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard their complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, I will do to you what I heard you say. You will have what you say. You can determine your future, folks, by your mouth, good or bad, depending on who you're listening to. See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth 
speaks. And depending on whose report you confess, they said, you brought us out here to die by the sword and our children to become victims. Verse 3, now watch. Verse 29, this is Numbers 14. In the wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census, who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter into the land that I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb and Joshua. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in the wilderness. Your children will be shepherds out here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies dead in the wilderness. Woo! For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it's like to have me against you. You know, if God be for you, who can be against you? But if God's against you, it doesn't matter who's for you. You're toast. He said, God said, you tested me. Now I'm going to test you. Verse 36. So the men Moses sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. Those men who were responsible for spreading the bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. That's why you need to get the word of God in you. It's health and life to your flesh. If you've got the evil report in you, the enemy's report's going to be death. The power of life and death are in your tongue. You know, we've had this Sahara dust coming through the Gulf, Louisiana, and now uh, Bill Taylor, Paul Morales, uh, our meteorologist on Channel 5, talking about it's the worst ever. We always get it, but this is really bad. Yesterday, it just looked like brown haze in the sky. Anybody but me see it? And they told everybody, it's going to affect your allergies, it's going to affect your throat, it's going to affect your respiratory. So a few people yesterday were hacking or coughing and said, I wonder if I've got COVID. You see what I'm saying? Fear, terror. No, goober, you swallowed sand. It's abrasive. <laughs> and if you th even thought so, you say, I reject that in Jesus' name. I say that every disease-carrying germ or virus that touches my body will die instantly. I am begotten of God, and that curse is not going to come on me. Say, I'm going to fight right back. I am not going to lay down and die. Well, and then we'll send text messages to everybody. I think I might have it. You ought to, you ought to be in, in charge of thousands of people and, and, and get my texts and emails. You, you, I, it, my flesh wants to strangle some people. Yeah. <laughs> In Jesus, just before they die, okay. Now stop that. Stop talking like that. That's what fear does to you. Where's your faith? And if you thought you had it, what are you going to confess? I'm going for healing, right? I'm going for scriptures on health and healing. I'm begotten of God. The wicked one touches me not. God sent his word to deliver me and to heal me from all my destructions. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I am healed. I'm not a pacifist. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to be, if you want to kill me, you're going to have to work hard at it. That's all I'm saying. Only God can, can, can permit that. And if you struck me with it, I'll pray through it until I'm well. But I say my day in life will not be finished until God's finished with me. No matter what. What are you so afraid of, chicken little? The sky is not falling. You watch this stuff go away after, after whatever political election goes on. And then the media has something else to talk about. It's amazing.
This makes me righteously angry for people. Israel chose their bed, and God says, okay, baby, you can sleep in it. You will have what you say. Psalms 106, verse 15. So God gave them what they asked for and sent wasting disease among them. They got what they said, but it wasn't a blessing. Who are you listening to? Who's telling you what you believe? That you can't overcome that habit. That you can't lose that weight. That you will never get ahead financially. That your children are ruined for life. That you'll never amount to anything. That is a lie. That is not the report of the Lord. God is a God of grace, of mercy, and restoration. And if he had a plan for me from conception, that's what he said to Jeremiah. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you, called you by name, and ordained you to be. When you accept Jesus, he gives you the power to become something that you never were, but he's designed you to be. Hold on to God's word. Get you scriptures related to your negative situation. Confess them every day. Cindy does it. I do it every day. Driving in the car when I have to go somewhere, redeem that time. Turn off the dumb news. Quote the good news over your life, over your family every day. Don't live in fear. You know, God's got a plan for you and nothing but God Almighty can stop it. Nothing. Your enemy can attack you, he can delay you, but he can't stop you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Can be formed, but will not prosper until God finishes what he started. And one report of the Lord is this. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved and your family. See, God's listening. What's your report, folks? Would you bow your head with me? You've been such a great audience today. Who told you that? God will save you, forgive you, restore you. And God says his gifts and purposes, his callings are irrevocable. God has not changed his plan for your life at all. What you need to do is simply repent, confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, and ask God now to institute the plan that he has always had for your life. Yeah, but Rick, I've had this, and Rick, I've had, I don't, you get, so what? It doesn't matter. If you go through scripture, you're going to find one mess after another mess, and God redeems the messes and turns them into messages. And that's what he'll do for you. That's why I love him so much. He can make something out of nothing. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.